Well, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Have fun tonight. Uh, I don't think so. Is this just council briefing, kind of a this meeting? Yes, that's, yeah. that's by the mayor's request yeah. that I brief council. Yeah. All right, well, then, if, if you're not going to have fun, I hope it goes well. Anyhow, at least that. Thanks. All right, we'll see you. Yep. Hi, Jody. And there's another one at the water utility. Next Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So the one on Tuesday was light. It sounds like there's some other meetings going on. To, uh, at that time? On Tuesday? or? On Tuesday there were meetings going on at the same time, and I think they didn't come. Yeah, they wanted to give multiple options to, to see it, but there's no one here. I mean, it was supposed to start now. We went live online. No, 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 it's, it's, it's a graphic. It's a graphic. Don't worry about it. But there's, there's no one here. That would make the CDA people even angrier. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Hey, can you move to 313? Yeah, oh, we're not, we're not going to make this. Hey, that's... It's not your guys' fault, right? It doesn't look good when we're here with a bunch of cameras. And yeah, and it's... And it's we're uh, the only people here. We can pretend. Yeah, well, Dave Schmedica is doing the, most of the presentations. Uh, Dave and then uh, Jerry and myself and then Greg is facilitating. But Dave is the one with the power phone, correct? Okay. So that, yeah, he we should be set up for him. I was hoping he'd be here with the laptop so we could test it with him. Well, it worked fine Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, exactly. you know how come stuff works <laughs> when, you, when you pack it up and you move it and you do other stuff.
At the mayor's request, uh, I've arranged these meetings. There was one on Tuesday the 7th, tonight, and then one on the 15th at the water utility. Uh, the purpose of these meetings were to uh, be a question and answer uh, uh, session for the alders on possible health care plan design change. Uh, I'd like to start by saying the current program that we're in with ETF, which is what's called Wisconsin uh, Public Employers uh, uh, Program uh, in the Dane County Service Area, Tier 1, and that's the sheet I gave you, shows the options that we are offered for health care. ETF has been, we've been getting our health care through ETF now for 20-plus years. It's in a very efficient an effective way for us to uh, provide health care benefits for our, employee, for our employees. It allevi alleviates the city of a lot of day-to-day -day administrative tasks with health care. And there's an economic scale on the cost of the premiums that we enjoy because the state bargains with the providers in Dane County for not only the state employees but the local employers. <coughs> uh, there are drawbacks with the current, the current, plan, uh, the current system. Um, one is we get no utilization numbers, so we don't know for the do premium dollars spent how much actually go towards the uh, uh, providing of services. And that's because ETF only breaks out the, um, the utilization by service area. So the service area that we're in is Dane County. We're one of a couple of public employers that are in there. So, about somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 employees covered, I believe, and we account for about 2,400 of that. So we could get the utilization, but it wouldn't be, we wouldn't know our specific utilization would be a problem. And the utilization is uh, broken down then by local and state, so those two are separate, it's, or it's all together? It, it, right. The state plan is separate from the local employer's so plan. that is separate. Yeah. Okay. They, they may, they may, they, they the, the programs that they offer may look very similar, but the programs that they offer for state employees are just for state employees. And the programs they offer under the local employer's plan are just for the local employers. And so the utilization then is right. for local. Correct. Uh, with that kind of general overview, um, I want to turn it over to Harper, and he's going to give you a little more um, the detail about the current plan. Sure. Thank you. Um, what I'll do is I'll give you somewhat of a snapshot in regards to where we are right now. So like Greg said, we've been with the state plan since 1992. Um, it's administered through ETF. And right now with ETF for 2015, <coughs> there are several different options for uh, local employers. Um, program option two, um, no deductibles or co-insurance payments. Um, it does have the uniform benefits and uh, the, it's paid full. Uh, there's program option four with a deductible of $500 for individuals, um, 1000 for families, and then uniform bill, uh, benefits apply after that deductible is met. There's a uh, program option six, which is a 90%, 90-10% uh, coinsurance, up to $500 for individuals and 1000 for families and uh, out-of-pocket limits. Once those are met, um, the uniform benefits kick into play. And then there's a program option seven with a high deductible health plan, which is um, at the um, choice of the employer to be compliant with HSA or HRA. Um, there's uh, deductibles up to $1,500 and for individuals and 3000 for families. And thereafter, that's when it kicks into the 90-10% coinsurance up to $2,500 for individuals and 5000 uh, for families with the out of, uh, for the out-of-pocket limits. Um, in regards to the premiums for 2015, 
there are a couple different groups. You have uh, the group with uh, MPPOA, the Madison Professional Police Officer Association, the Teamsters, uh, Metro for the most part, and then also IAFF, the International Association of Firefighters. And their rates are based on 105% of the lowest cost health plan within that Dane County service area. And then you have the plan for the general employees, pretty much everyone outside of fire, police, and Teamsters. And those rates are pretty much based on 88% of um, the cost for the health plans within that Dane County service area. Um, a little more information about those. For uh, police, fire, and Teamsters, the most expensive plan is Dean. And with that plan, you're looking at about $694.70 for a single, um, with the employee cost of that being $99.95, and $1,729.30 and for family plans, with employee cost for a family being $248.80. That's for police, fire, and uh, Teamsters. And the least expensive would be for Unity, UW Health, with a single plan costing $567. That's free to employees or for it's actually for singles, and that's free. And uh, for the family, it's $1,410, and that is also free for employees. Uh, with general employees, the costs don't change very much, even though it goes from the 105% to the 88% of uh, all of the plans within that service area. For a dean, a single plan costs $694.70. Um, it's $100.14 for employees. For the family plan, it's $249.47 for employees, and then again with Unity, the cost, um, they're free for family or the single plans. <coughs> so right now, as of January 1st of this year, um, the largest participation is with Unity. With, we have about, as of January 1st, this does not include employees who may have left or new hires since that time, but we have 1,524 employees within that plan, which is pretty close to 60%. Uh, the second largest group would be GHC with 643 employees in that plan, uh, pretty close to 25%. And uh, it looks like the third would be Dean with 268, a little more than 10%. Harper, it looks like you're reading from something there. Can you share that? I will. I plan to, I'll, I'll actually email this out to all the alders okay. to let everyone know. It's kind of just help me mm -hmm. stay on track in regards to the information that I'm giving you, but I'll be happy to share this information. Um, I guess I, I, I'll leave it right there, and then we can get into some of the concerns, um, different thoughts that you all have, and I'll try to address those as we go on. Any questions so far? Okay. I know I was throwing a lot of numbers, and I hate to do that, but I'll definitely get this information to all of you. One of the nice aspects about the local employers plan for us in Dane, in Dane County is for the city employer <coughs> is we get access to four providers, and that's kind of unique. Usually a lot of employers have a single provider, and everybody goes through that provider. Um, to that end, we've asked uh, M3, the insurance consulting um, um, firm in town, to do an evaluation of where we are in relationship to the current market. And I have Jerry Brown here from M3, and he's going to kind of explain the report that I sent out with the notice. <laughs> Thank you very much for letting me uh, be here tonight, uh, today. Um, as Greg had said, <coughs> we had done a, um, an, uh, an overview of benchmark uh, to see how the City of Madison health insurance plan stacks up to other large employers both in and outside of Dane County. So what we did with that is to take a look at the actuarial value of your plan, meaning um, if it were a 70% actuarially valuable plan, that means that the plan would pay 70% of medical expenditures. The individual member would be responsible for 30%. 
Um, in taking a look at that, uh, we compared the city of Madison uh, to three large employer, uh, three other large employers: uh, Madison Metropolitan School District, Dane County as an employer, and uh, Brown County as well. Um, looking at your plan, your plan has an actuarial, va actuarial value of 98.4%. So it is a very, very rich benefit plan, a very good plan. Um, comparatively, uh, for our local uh, benchmark of the HMO, is that compared to the other plans at 96.9, 97%, and then 81.1. 81.1 um, being Brown County further up north. Uh, we've seen with municipalities and groups that as you get further up north, a lot of them will self-fund, um, you know, offering larger networks in that, but discounts aren't quite as great. Tell me again what the Dane County and the MMS do you want? Uh, MMS uh, is 96.9, and Dane County is 97.6. So all, I mean, very solid, very good mm -hmm. plans. As related to health care reform and the ACA, you know, you have the platinum, gold, silver, bronze levels, with bronze being a 60% uh, value, value type plan. So based on that, uh, the plan design is uh, very, very good. Um, as far as design, you have no deductible, uh, and that was uh, the same as two of the three local benchmarks and one of the four um, national benchmarks. And for the national benchmarks, I want to backtrack here, um, the HMO uh, rate was it had an equivalency of 88.4%, um, and the PPO uh, was at 86.4% and 92%. So those were um, in our uh, M3 database and EBICS, yes. I assume that... We have a copy of this? Yes, report? I was sent, sent with the meeting notice. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I missed that entirely. So, okay. Yeah, I can make a note to resend that to you. Okay. No sure. problem. Thank you very much. I have a question. Sorry I'm, that I was late, and oh, if no, you have already covered this, I, I do apologize. But what does that mean? 60%, 86%. What does, what does that mean? Basically, it's the mean? value of the plan. So meaning you as a member on, on the plan, what would, for any medical expenditures that you have, any services you have, what would be your responsibility from a cost standpoint for those? So as an example, a minimum valuable plan is a bronze plan or a 60% plan as denoted in uh, the ACA health Which means as an employee, I would pay 40%? As a member of the plan, correct. Okay. So under your plan, um, you know, you're paying less than 2% of expenditures. I just wanted that. Yep. No, that's okay. I wasn't sure. So yep. Thank you. Sure, not a problem. Um, you know, looking at uh, the out-of-pocket maximum, you have uh, the very low out-of-pocket maximum that you would spend each year for your prescription drug co-pays and that, you know, that was the highest. Um, no offices of copay and hospital services are covered in full. You know, here in Dane County, we are in a very um, unique uh, landscape, if you will, as related to having four HMOs right here in our backyard. You know, then we have WEA, we have WPS, so we are, um, you know, very unique uh, compared to other parts of the country. Um, you, uh, again, as I said, you're the only plan that did not require offices of copays, and your pharmacy copays, so for generic, brand name, and non-preferred, were slightly lower than the national uh, and local benchmarks as well. So breaking it down, and from a cost standpoint, for, for the dollars that the city of Madison is paying into ETF for the plan design, I mean, it's a wonderful plan design, and in a lot of cases, less expensive than some of those other entities are paying as well. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Any questions so far? Yes. Thank you. Uh, I haven't read your report yet either. I look forward to reading it. Can you give us a quick snapshot of which, what each of those other local employer plans are? Like, for example, I know that Dane County is not with ETF. Right. Dane and, County has not and, been. Correct. And, you know, that's one of the arguments that has been made in the years I've been here is 
why don't we be like Dane County and have a sweetheart deal with HMO XYZ, mm -hmm. uh, and and then we'll have more flexibility. That came up just by the way the context for many years was domestic partnership health benefits. Yep. Um, uh, so that was what a lot of people, activists were arguing um, years ago. So can you just one through sure. for, for us, like, is Dane County just one HMO that... It, well, Dane County, it was where... Absolutely, an MSD and... Yeah, absolutely, and, and I handle the benefits for Dane County as well. Right. Um, our firm doesn't have the account executive. Um, so for Dane County, um, for since 2007, they had been with Physicians Plus as a sole carrier HMO. Okay, um, in the five-year contract, 2012 through through current contract going through 2016, um, la uh, just a little over a year ago, Physicians Plus had had transferred that risk, if you will, over to WEA Insurance, and I'm sure everybody's aware of WEA. They worked with a lot of municipalities, school districts, and that. Um, so they basically had taken over the last two and a half years of that contract. So they, um, that's now technically a PPO where people have access to all of the local providers where before under Physicians Plus you had your HMO and then you had a point of service plan. Um, Madison Metropolitan School District is also an HMO. And then for uh, Brown County, uh, that's a PPO. That's a self-funded plan um, up in Green Bay area. So, uh, you know, from the HMO standpoints, you know, with school district and um, uh, Dane County, you know, that's where you're getting the best discounts because with Unity, Physicians Plus, Dean, and GHC, their providers are giving the, their insurance company a greater discount than, say, through a WEA who's renting that network. So your discount's not going to be quite as large. Using MMSD as an example, then again, when you say that it's an HMO plan, does that mean that if I was a, a school district or um, employee, I would could choose from one of the four? And then, like for example, I know MTI and with other maybe yep. the, part of this campaign, MTI was very concerned about the direction GHC was going. So you, I'm sure you're well aware they mm -hmm. had that successful mm -hmm. campaign to oust three of the board members yes. earlier this year. Yeah, and that, but it was clear, unclear to me from the news articles if. That meant that almost every MMSD member, or I should say MTI member, mm -hmm. MMSD employee, was in GHC, or that's just... Well, they have the choice of the choice D, of GHC, four. and Unity. They have a choice okay. of three okay. at the current time. Um, so that's, you know, it's not quite the four, but they, they get the choice. You know, again, with the size of a Dane County, an MTI, or an MSD, or City of Madison, you know, you're able to buy in volume, if you will. So, but they would have yeah, that choice of the three vendors right now, where under the ETF plan, you guys have the choice of all four of the HMOs. Does that answer your question? Yep. Thank you very much. Sure, absolutely. Any other questions so far? I, I don't know if you're going to cover this or, or our friends in City Hall will cover it, but uh, I wanted to get to the issue of the Affordable Care Act and Cadillac plan tax and all that. I don't know if that will come up normally in our... It's, it's That's later on the agenda. Okay. It's a little further down. Thank yeah. you. Yep. Wait. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, from the standpoint of the employee contributions, we also took a look at that and, and measured that. Um, as was talked about from uh, Harper and Greg, you know, at the uh, Unity for the number of people, the line share of your membership that are in, enrolled in Unity, they're not paying anything for the premium. Um, you know, from the other side, there is a slight premium, um, but it's, you know, um, basically ranging anywhere from the benchmarks from $0 up to $73 um, uh, per month for the coverage. So it's a very low percentage or dollar amount compared to, say, the private sector where you're having, you know, 20 30% of contributions. So, again, 
the program you're in, the way it's been set up for the last 20 plus years, I mean, the, the city is, is getting a very, very good deal for the amount of premium that is being paid, as are the employees as well. Um, from that standpoint, we had thought of, you know, would it make sense to look outside, based on this review, of the state plan down the road, um, you know, to see could you still have the same type of uh, um, uh, arrangement you have now with the multiple HMOs, but with the city of Madison on a standalone basis. You know, and that's something still, you know, thinking about in that, but again, with where you're at, um, you're sitting in a very good spot. From my standpoint, it's good to have options to choose from versus, you know, having only one or so. Um, but I think that is, you know, it could be um, a beneficial idea to look at the market if and when that, that fits in with the long-term goals of the city. But overall, uh, from your plan design, it is very solid. I just want to note, too, uh, we a trust is offered in the, the Tier 1 plan tier offerings. It's, it is substantially higher than any of the HMOs, and it, it, but it is there. It actually acts as a, because they take all five of the uh, say four HMOs in the PPO, and they take those and they blend that rate for 88%. That's what allows Unity to be offered for free at this point in time, because we a trust is so much higher. And ETF just added that, what was it, a year ago or whatever? And yeah. And or two years ago. I remember here at Board of Estimates meetings, Dave was explaining to us how that impacted our overall costs. And there, Can you remind us of how that worked? What was that, Dave? It's surprising it's a tier one plan, just given its expense. I think they put it in there because they give, they give them some amount of time to get their costs down. But they're. Harper, do you have that near statistics of how many of our employees take advantage of that? Do we have a single solitary person? That um, we have one in Anthem Blue. Um, we have one with, uh, actually, it looks like we have five with Mercy Care. I don't think we have any employees. Nobody's taking advantage. Yeah. some information on how many employees are taking advantage of which plans on these slides. Oh, okay, that's your yet to come. And uh, I know you, the suggestion to possibly leave the state plan, we can, when we get a little bit further along, we can talk about some of the benefits that we've ar already considered, as well as some of the drawbacks to that as well, that we'd have to take in consideration <coughs> if we went that route. Um, before you leave, though, I was hoping you may have, seeing as how you do work with Dane County and yeah, other employers, um, a concern of ours is that, you know, definitely efforts along the lines of retention and recruitment. Um, it's very attractive to say that we have this platinum, you know, package that we can offer our employees. Um, uh, if you could briefly speak on how competitive we are, not just right now, but if we did make changes to a different plan, like what would that look like as far sure. as us being competitive? And also, I think as far as the concerns that folks have with rising health care costs, mm -hmm. um, it seems like other employers are also taking steps to address those concerns, um, you know, like uh, more so within this area, MMSD, what they're doing to try to address those concerns as well. Can speak on that if you're sure. If you're aware. Absolutely. So you know, with the public market, uh, market and the private market, um, let's talk about the private market first. You're seeing employers that are doing a lot of, you know, they're all <clears throat> trying to maintain the integrity of their benefits, not strip them down in that. Because, like you say, you know, the retention and attraction of key employees is key to everybody, public or private. Um, we're seeing a lot of private employers include as generally as an option maybe a high deductible plan. Say as an example, a thousand dollar single deductible for 
for an individual or 2000 for a family you know, as an option to see. So the premiums would come down, but the individuals would have more risk if they utilize services. Um, so we're seeing that put in as a, a lot as an option, and generally you'll see five, maybe ten percent of employees take it, and it's really going to depend. A lot of times it's going to be the the younger, you know, bulletproof and invincible, if you will, individuals. Um, more so on the uh, public side, you know, you're seeing some. There's more talk, consideration of looking at plans, maybe not quite that high, but looking at maybe a tiering of an office visit copay. Um, you know, if you have a $20 for a regular copay for a regular doctor, primary care provider, $40 for a specialist, things like that. So, say you would make a change just like that, that would still keep you in a platinum type plan because it's it's a change. Right now, you have no office copay. If you were to impl- implement something like that, as an example, you would be still looking at a, a high platinum type of plan from an actuary val- actuarial value standpoint, um, but again, a change would be a change. So what we try to do in working with our clients is, again, maintain the integrity of the benefits and look at it a multiple year strategy is, where do you, what, you know, what is the end goal? Everybody wants to save, save premium. Uh, to Harper's point as well about employees out of pocket for both their premium and their um, expenditures that they may have on the plan. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, that is a rising concern as well. Um, you know, a lot of employers are starting to tie wellness initiatives to it, whatever a wellness program may mean to a certain employer, it's going to be different for every single employer, you know, and how would that correlate to individuals paying either a a premium contribution or a lesser premium contribution. Um, You know, locally here, we haven't seen um, any employers actually drop health care. You know, when when, uh, health care reform first came out, people thought, well, hey, great, you know, we can um, not have to offer coverage. People go to the exchange. But then they started thinking exactly what Harper said of the the retention and attraction of employees. And, you know, so as as from 2010, 11, 12, 13 to date, you know, employers are looking at ways to maintain the benefits, um, reduce their costs, but, but still keep employees happy, offer the valuable and affordable coverage as dictated by health care reform. Um, until you start getting into higher deductible plans, you know, if you were going to, I, I mentioned a $1,000 deductible before, you know, that would probably put you in the <clears throat> high silver, um, low uh, gold, you know, uh, metal, if you will, type, type tier of a plan. Um, to give you an, an idea of what it would be like at that 60% what we talked about earlier, that's if you have a deductible, say, of up around $6,600 you know, for an individual. Then you get into some very high deductible territory. Historically here in our HMO area, in the unique area that, that Dane County is in, you know, those have never really been um, too uh, uh, significant. But over the last four to five years, you're starting to see employers put those in, slight ones, as options for employees to make a choice to say, do I want to pay a little less premium now and maybe have some risk down the road or do I want to pay more premium out of my check and no, I have that limited copay or no copay. And things like that. I think we'll continue to see those changes um, moving forward, modest, but again, more and more employers are really looking at those opportunities to see how it would affect their cost, the bottom line, but then also the employee base. Does that? It does. Thank you. Uh, another point, and this came up at the meeting on Tuesday, one of the elders asked about the administrative cost ratio. It's less than 1%. So what ETF charges us to handle the claims and process everything is less than 1%. And how does that compare to the uh, three that you mentioned? Uh, um, well, the three that are, that are not part of ETF. Right. You know, so basically, it, that administration, you know, the only administration charges they would be paying would be in their, their monthly premiums. 
you know, that are included, so they wouldn't have that conduit of an ETF in between. Right, there still would be an administrative cost, though, and you're saying you don't know what that is? Or uh, not necessarily. It really, you could, you could measure it in the uh, bill or the, um, the duties that the HR folks would have to do. So as Greg had said earlier, you know, ETF for that less than 1%, they do all of the, most of the day-to-day work with the carriers in that. Um, if you were standalone on your own, you know, that those duties would fall into their office as far as, you know, what would they have to do and, and determine would we have to have a, a limited hour employee or would the duties be spread apart? Right. And so we don't have that information for like Dane County or MMSD or Brown right, County. Right. Right. Because they, you know, historically have been doing it, you know, themselves. And I'm not sure how they track that if they will. You know, some have with Dane County, their HR department, um, one, two, three, four individuals, four or five individuals. And that I work with two specifically on the benefit package overall. Well, what is 1%? What is 1%? It's less than 1%. I know, but what does that mean in dollars? Uh, well, our administrative uh, cost is 120960 per year. We paid over $36 million in premiums. So we actually came out to 0. .003. I mean, I think Social Security's administrative cost is like 2%. I think along those same lines, um, in regards to like some of the costs as far as administrative duties that we would have to absorb, um, within that first year, um, typically I guess we get a, during open enrollment we get about 100 applications in regards to folks making changes. Um, that first year we, we would expect that about 4,000 folks, um, if we're including employees, um, retirees, uh, individuals on Cobra and whatnot. Um, so that's about 4,000 applications that would have to be processed. Um, other administrative costs that we would somehow have to absorb um, the annual bidding that ETF does for us right now. We're kind of be on our own to do that. Um, um, also, with the way that it's currently set up with retirees, um, right now those premiums are deducted from their WRS checks. That's something that we'd have to figure out as well. Um, yeah. So it's really hard. And I think another thing to keep in mind, though, with the savings that we that we may potentially get, um, we would, if we did leave the state's program, we would have to stay out for at least three years, and there could potentially be a penalty for us to re-enter it. So, so um, do um, MMSD, Dane County, and Brown County rebid periodically, or are they just? Yeah. So for Dane, I can speak to Dane County. So Dane County um, next year, 2016, will be the last of the uh, last year of their current five-year contract. So throughout that year, we will be preparing and sending out another RFP for the next five-year contract of 2017 through 2021. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, basically looking at how we set that up for, you know, either a three- or a five-year contract and what those increases would be each year, you know, set that up. So that's, you know, that process is probably about a six-month, six- to seven-month process. So we start that in early 2016 to be ready for 2017. In the private sector, it's not uncommon for employers to jump Carriers every year. Right, right. Correct. Real. Right. You know, but when you get into group sizes similar to the city of Madison, Dane County, these other larger ones, you know, you are able to negotiate um, multiple year contracts, you know, for, you know, and not to exceed, or you, you can do it many, many different ways. But and like I said, one of the drawbacks is we don't see our utilization, and one of our drawbacks is we don't see our utilization. So if we have specific employee groups that are utilizing more premium dollars, we don't know that right now. So that, that's, it, it's a drawback in that we don't see the utilization, but the fact that if we stood out there on our own, we'd know what our utilization is, 
And if if we are utilizing more dollars than premium dollars, then <clears throat> one one particular comp group might be utilizing more premium dollars. That's going to that's going to force our premium rates to go up. There's no way to isolate them anymore like that. But I do want to add, though, we're talking about some of the drawbacks, some of the possible benefits. Um, when we talk about savings, um, we just don't know. If, you know, it's it's really hard to predict. But also, we would have more control over the plan design. Like right now, we have the single or the family plans. Um, I, some of you may be familiar with, you know, single plus one or, you know, different things you can do. We would have control to do that. And right now, I guess there is um, a difference in thought in regards to even if that's a better value, um, depending on how that's set up. But um, And so... so um what kinds of things you mentioned? One, uh, what kinds of things that would, in your mind, be uh, might we want to look at doing that we can't do now? Well, just the control over the plan design, um, like what right. we're in terms of a change in the plan. Yes. Plan design, so right now, what kinds of changes in the plan design would you? So right now, we're we're pretty much restricted to the options that are being offered through ETF. So they tell us you can, you know, this option, this option, but what. Maybe we could go with, you know, single plus one, single plus two. Um, right now, we have the different option in regards to, you know, a 90-10 coinsurance. We would have more control in regards to how, you know, the portion that the city would um, cover and then which, you know, portion the city would pass on to employees versus being limited to, like, the four or so options that ETF is offering. We can, you know, decide what's best for the city of Madison, I guess. I'll what say. you might be able to do is there, you, don't, there's, you don't have something in mind that you think no. would be. No. Um, no. Okay. No, but you could, you could do maybe an HMO offering and a PPO offering, something like that, give employees choice that way. That That's one of the benefits. One of the, the other drawback Harper hasn't mentioned yet is if we get out of the local employer's plan, if we decide to go back in for the first three years, is a 10% surcharge on our premium to get us back to normal. So it's a basically a penalty. I know we're throwing a lot of random information at this point, but, you know, I feel like we're taking turns. But um, I mean, what I'm hearing is that the benefit, and I'm not an HR professional and never have claimed to be. I've been a recipient, okay? But um, what I'm hearing is the benefit is that you'd have more flexibility in designing a plan. But I'm hearing more downside to this. The plan for sure. As it's ETF has been a great relationship for the city. Um, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. On top of that, as far as like compliance, legal compliance with with what we're offering, um, ECA they absorb all the all that for us. So, especially with the changes that are going on with ACA, it's it's definitely a benefit. Um, but again, and I, you know, in all fairness, I'm just giving you information, so I don't want to just say that these are the you know the drawbacks and I just want you to know like there are some potential benefits like when we talk about our numbers like right now we we're not able to break out city of Madison utilization maybe we don't want to um it just again it's just tough to say I'm just giving you that information we would have access to that information whether or not that'll help us or not it's, a, it's like the, in 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 the private sector Unions and employers have negotiated what are called multi-employer plans, and there's a lot of benefit from being in a multi-employer plan. You get into a much bigger group, much more leverage in the marketplace. That's how I look at, at ETF with the local employers plan. It's like a multi-employer plan for us. Sure. 
Honestly, what I thought we were going to be talking, I didn't know we were going to be talking about this and such stuff, but what I thought we were going to be covering, and maybe we are, is the different um, deductibles that are that you proposed in some depth to make sure we understood those, and also um, total compensation package. So how does the total compensation package today versus if we would move to a, a different design for the plan with deductibles compare to maybe Dane County and maybe MS, MMSD. Um, has there ever been any comparables on the private sector or do we always use um, other governmental forms? I, I think it's more accurate to use other governmental forms because just because of the way the plans are designed. And I think the benefit package tends to be richer that way. <clears throat> the way to look at the way to look at the healthcare uh, the healthcare plan is to look at any kind of benefit that we get that's not a direct wage as a deferred wage. Okay, so we've taken money that we would have put on the wage rate and we put it into healthcare or WRS. Right, that's why I was looking for total compensation. Right. right. I don't think we've looked at total compensation. I, we know that because healthcare costs have been going up. It's impacting our ability to recruit in certain areas for certain positions in the city. Sure. So if in relationship to the rest of the marketplace <clears throat> for some positions, we're starting to see that we're, un, we're offering us, um, uh, rate, wage rates that are below what the marketplace is bearing. We can move on to the next piece, which is the health insurance costs. It does give you a little bit of background yeah, on I just want to make sure I understand what Greg just said. So if you're having trouble recruiting because – the cost of insurance is going up, and so when you're looking at the cost of insurance, you're not able to offer as much wage? No, I think the, the competitiveness is more about wage, wage, and the more that we have to put into the employer side of the non-wage for uh, the benefit, exactly. then we have less weight, less available for co competition purposes right. on the wage side. That's exactly right. what I And mean. what might be appropriate... Um, if Dave can talk about the savings with the different um, options that are being offered or proposed potentially um, versus where we are right now, the savings if we went to option two or option six or something along those lines, maybe that would address what you're, you're asking. Like so. to move to this yeah, why don't we move on to Dave's presentation on the health insurance? Just quickly, I only have about three slides. So um, this just gives you a history of the city's health insurance costs since '97. And um, you can see that on average since 97 through 2015, it's grown at about 8% annually, but that rate has slowed to about um, 5% annually since 2013. The big drop that you see there from 2011 to 2012 is the effects of the um, Act 10 and state budget changes, which required that um, local employees as well as state employees begin to contribute toward um, their health insurance. So in terms of the uh, local government uh, health care plan offered by ETF, it had to be, you know, employees had to pay at least 12% of the cost of the premium for that. And that savings, I'll get to that in the next slide, was sort of taken by the state by virtue of um, state aid cuts. And then you'll just see that uh, the estimates out, these are roughly actuarial assumptions that we use with our um, other post-employment benefits um, analysis. About 7.5% is the estimated annual growth in health insurance costs over the next roughly 5 to 10 years. 
Um, and I, this is just a comparison of the rate of growth um, over the last few years. You can see that we actually had a drop in health insurance costs, and that's what was borne out on that previous slide, uh, again, because employees started to make contributions toward those premium costs, and then the state took that money out through the aid cuts. The red line is what our net new construction has been. That's what drives what our levy limit is. So as you can see, um, since that year of sort of the, the year of the uh, employees making, starting to make contributions, that rate of growth in health insurance has been um, higher than the rate of growth in net new construction, the overall levy limit. And at 7.5%, and if we see that um, net new construction will probably grow but around 2 to 3%, um, you can see that we have a we have a gap there that we have to consider that our cost of um, health insurance is growing probably faster without plan design changes than um, our ability to sort of finance it. Um, this just takes a look at uh, what the premium rates are for each of the major plans and those premium rates for general employees. I think Harper sort of touched on the numbers, but you can kind of see it graphically here. Um, so Unity, UW, there's no payment made at all for a premium contribution by employees. And as you can see in those numbers at the very bottom, most of our employees, an overwhelming number of them, are in that plan. And um, Unity, I think, sort of took advantage of the situation with the increases in employee contributions to really, uh, I think, undercut their premiums uh, compared to the other plans and really were able to grab a lot of the market share as a result. So we had significant numbers of employees move out of the other plans into Unity over the last three years. Can you see that? Yeah, thank you, Dave. I can see the Unity number. Um, and then you can see, so most are in Unity or Group Health, and then you can see the Dean numbers there. The columns at the far right just show you what the state of Wisconsin employees pay. They do not pay different, different premiums based on the uh, type of plan like the City of Madison employees do. They all pay the same amount regardless of plan. And so you can see that in a family plan for a state employee, they're paying um, $236 a month, regardless of what the plan is. Whereas for the city of Madison, over 80% of these of employees are in a plan where they're paying 50, less than $50 a month for a family plan. So that just gives you a quick um, background. The other thing I just wanted to highlight about the state of Wisconsin employee plan is in addition to this $236 a month or slightly less than 100 for a single, they're on this 90-10 coinsurance where they have to pay 10% of the first um, cost up to $500 for a single and $1,000 for a family. And that will change in 2016. You'll have, they'll still have the coinsurance, and I think they'll move those maximums up and add a deductible as right. well as more aggressive co-pays. And then, I'm sorry, I have all these questions. Sure, please. Why, why have we got, and maybe you already said this, but the structure different from the state? Where we're asked, you know, where we, they have more than one HMO, I'm assuming, too, right? But every, uh, all of their, regardless of your choice, it's all the same money. But we have four, four or five different ones. There's five in the tier one. Five. They have the same choices. Right, but mm -hmm. they're all different prices to our, what, what was the decision rationale between doing it? When Act 10 came out, it said that the employer was restricted from paying eight more than 88% of the cost of the premium. The ETF later 
interpreted that for local employers to say an average of 88%. So you took those, instead of the employees paying 12% of the cost of the individual provider's premium, they put all the providers together, figured out the average rate and the average um, cost, and then we could only pay up to 88% of that, which causes Unity to be free and and GHC to be um, relatively low. The state took the, the different tack of saying it's an, it's an 88%, 12%, and that's what you have to contribute, yeah. and that's why everybody pays the same amount. And to some extent, that takes away that market force, um, And um, but that the state sort of made that decision to be sure all the employees were making a contribution to health insurance. The, the, the way it's set up with the local employers has caused a very large migration into unity. Over, over the last three years. Right. Right. I think there was a question about the savings um, associated with this. If we were to go to um, the ETF option that, that would have a $500 deductible for single and $1,000 for family, which is sort of what we've been talking about, that would save roughly 5% on our premiums, which would probably be roughly $1.8 million uh, on the levy. Um, and then what the state is going to with the, the 90-10 coinsurance plus deductible plus um, the uh, more aggressive co-pays, I think is estimated to save 9%, 9%. on premiums. So um, so do you have that information summarized? Not here. No, this is what was on your sheet. Uh, I did send the I – sh- I showed the changes for, ne- for next year, and that's, that's on the meeting notice too. Okay, and okay. that that, um, that shows the savings and projected. Right. Okay. So if you take this sheet, uh-huh. which I didn't put on the notice, and this sheet, you can compare option two, uh-huh. option four, option six, and option seven. <clears throat> okay? And what they are currently and what's, what they're going to change to. There's no change to option two. There's no change to option four. The coinsurance model, they put in, the coinsurance is still there, but they put in a deductible. Which is which is different, and then they increase the maximum out of pocket on the coinsurance from five hundred and a thousand to a thousand and two thousand. So the total employee cost could potentially be anywhere from twelve fifty out of pocket cost twelve fifty to um, uh, three thousand dollars on the coinsurance plan for next year. Or the city of Madison in place. That's under option Native. six. Okay. Okay. That would, that would be what state employees would pay. State employees. Mm-hmm. And the city of Madison is 500. If we were to go to that option, yeah. it would be 500 single, thousand dollars family. Okay. And if they utilized the pre-tax, right? And Jody Rasekajic is going to get up. Oh, okay. All I'll about that. Do that right now. Sorry, I'm getting ahead. That's <laughs> okay. Um, They've done some of these changes, and I, I have an ETF newsletter that I will I will forward to all the alders. Uh, when they announced these changes, they specifically said they were making these changes because of the ACA and the Cadillac tax. Right now, uh, we at Trust will definitely hit the Cadillac tax in 2018, and probably uh, P-plus will also hit it, potentially Dean at this point. We've talked to the providers and talked to them about the Cadillac tax. And the Could you describe the Cadillac tax for sure. the people that will be watching this after? Cadillac tax is, for, is set to, um, it's really meant to narrow, narrow the field of offerings. 
and it's meant to tax what are considered really rich benefit plans. And so if you have a, uh, a premium of over 10400 for single coverage and 27500 for family, you pay a 40% tax on every premium dollar over that. And so it's just, that's exactly what it is. It's a tax. It's meant for employers to keep their plans down in costs. And so right now, some of the, I would say definitely we at Trust is going to hit it at the rate they're going. And there's a potential for a couple others to hit it too. And when you talk to the providers about the Cadillac tax, they, a lot of them take the position of we don't pay it. It's just like the standard plan that's still offered out there. It's still there. Nobody takes it because it's so, so, uh, so expensive. <coughs> so it's possible you could have a plan being offered that nobody's in because of the Cadillac tax. So, Under current law, Greg, the Cadillac tax goes into effect January 2018? Correct. I think a lot of times when folks hear about the Cadillac tax, it sounds almost as if if an employer has a really good health plan that they'll be taxed for. And it's, it almost sounds like we're discouraging employers from just having great health care. And I don't know how productive or maybe even counterproductive that sounds. But I think part of it is, is to change behavior, um, depending on how your plan is. If you have a, a plan that you have absolutely no cost, um, you can go to the doctor, you know, clinic for whatever, anytime you want. Um, those kind of visits will drive up costs. And I think it, there's a hope that if, you know, if you change some of those plans, if they're not, ideally, yes, you'd want a good health, health plan. But if you, you know, tweak that a little bit, it might change some of the behavior, which would result in, bringing down some of the costs. So, but. The, um, and I know, like our pursuers, we're a lot of information at you, but the $500,000 deductible plan, I asked ETF, how many of the participants in that plan currently hit their deductible max deductibles? And 65% uh, less, 65% hit the $500 single deductible, and 65% hit the $1,000 deductible. So about 35% don't even hit their deductibles. Part of that's due to the fact that the ACA is mandatory, man, mandated um, uh, 100% coverage of preventative care. So things like colonoscopies, physicals, well, baby checkups, those are all paid at 100%. And so I, that part of that cost, employees are never going to see because of, because of the ACA. So um, now I'm going to turn to... I'm sorry, go ahead. Before we get to Jody, unless she has to leave in a moment, could I, I wanted to add, before I lose my questions in my brain here, could I ask, go back to where we started with the handout from ETF and the local, local mm-hmm. employer's plan? So, and your list of attachments to the meeting notice, Greg, was so intimidating, I have to confess I haven't looked at any of them yet. So explain what you, one of the attachments that you held up is that, what is confirmed to be offered in 2016 by the local employers board of ETF? They've adopted right that. For, so this was, wasn't this attached. Is 2015. Right, this wasn't attached, and this is the current offerings for 2015. You did email that out. This got emailed off in, in the notice. <laughs> this was attached to the meeting notice, and this is how this changes in 2016. And that's confirmed. Yeah. No going back. Yes. By the way, does the city of Madison still have a representative on the local employers board? I don't think so. Is former comptroller Brasser 
I think it was Dean, maybe it was Gail Dushak. We used to have, I'll just back up my limited knowledge of this in part, as I was chair of a labor management committee years and years ago to deal with the issue of domestic partnership benefits in the city. And, and that's my earlier question about um, uh, the fact that, well, actually you covered this quite extensively at the beginning of our conversation, the advantages of being in the local employers group at ETF and so on and so forth. And that's when I mentioned that earlier that domestic partner benefits caused a lot of people to wonder, should we mm -hmm. go out on our own, like Dane County, for example. Well, anyway, at the time of this domestic partnership committee meeting for like a year, uh, I think it was Dean, was was on the board of, and I don't know if it's a gubernatorial appointment or what it is, but... Yeah, there's been no city of Madison representatives since at least 2003, if not earlier, okay. on the group insurance board. I was on the group insurance board from 2003 until um, 2011. But isn't that different from a local... I thought there was no, a the group insurance board makes the decisions for both the local and the state pools. So there's only one board? There's, there's one board. There are local representatives. On it. There might be an advisory committee, but the, the advisory committee doesn't make the decisions. They may make recommendations to the board. And is the city of Madison still the number one participant by number of employees in the league? It is. We're yeah. about two-thirds for Dane County Service Area. That's what it was, again, yeah, back about two-thirds. And I think statewide there's about <coughs> 15,000 in that local employer plan. So we're, we're a big share of it. In fact, if we decided to leave, their concerns about what would happen. Yes, yeah. ETF wants us to stay in. So I would think that they would try to do everything they could to provide us information and so forth. And they have done. They, we, yeah, you know, the uh, report that we did, what was that, a year and a half mm -hmm. ago, uh, we had extensive discussions with ETF about how they operate their plan and, and the things that they're looking to do in the future as well to try to further contain costs. And that, that report was recently sent to you all also. That was on the, on the long list of attachments. Yep. <laughs> it's the white paper, the health care paper. I just want to make sure I understand. The attachments were on the meeting notice? The yes. attachments were, the attachments went out in, in Brad's email. Okay. okay. And then they were also attached on the meeting notice. I don't have them on the meeting notice. Nine, what I'll, I'll do, I'll, send them, the, I'll send them to the, I'll send them to all of you. I'm, so But they're from Brad. I just want to make sure I get Lisa's meeting notice went to page two because there were so many attachments. There are nine attachments on Lisa's meeting notice that I okay. have here printed out. I don't haul a computer around. But my, my other question, just re referring back to the where we started our conversation tonight with the handout from the existing opportunities for local employers in the ETF, just so I understand, could, could you quickly run through using the metallic um, definitions that were provided under, you know, in the exchange of, you know, uh, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, et cetera, where, what, where each of these options would be considered? Obviously, I think platinum is question for Jerry. Yeah, I, I think I could probably answer it, but I think Jerry probably could answer it better. So basically, um, from the, 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 the metal plant, so you have platinum is going to be, uh, well, sorry, bronze is going to be 60%, the lowest minimum value. Um, silver will be 70, gold will be 80, and platinum will be 90% or higher. And that, so again, it's looking at the value of the plan or the uh, how much of the medical expenditures would the plan cover compared to how much you as the member would be responsible for. 
Right. I think that I understand. Could maybe you might want to move the microphone Whatever. closer since we're being taped by City Channel. But oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. My immediate question was, I yeah, okay. guess that you know, like where we are is platinum. I would yes, <laughs> where you're at so today is is a very high platinum. Just looking at these, could could you? Yeah, option you know, metal. Each of these would be. Yeah, I, I would say so. Option uh, two, the full pay where you're at right now is is the platinum. Uh, option four, where you go to that $500 single, $1,000 deductible, uh, $1,000 family deductible is probably, uh, it's definitely going to be in gold, might, might scooch into to platinum. Um, when you start getting into coinsurance on option six there, you have that uh, coinsurance in addition to that deductible, um, and you have the maximum out-of-pocket uh, let's see, I'm trying to find what that is. Oh, yep, yep, 1,000. You know, that's probably going to be um, getting a little closer to that mid to lower range of gold um, type plan, you know, based on, on that. Uh, and then option seven, you know, you have the higher deductible, $1,500 for a single, 3000 for a family. Um, you know, you're going to be getting, probably getting into the silver there because you're looking at the out-of-pocket maximum, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be, you know, how much you would you as a member would pay on co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance, things like that. So as that out-of-pocket maximum continues to grow, and I had alluded to earlier, um, a bronze plan would be somewhere around the $6,600 gold uh, or $6,600 um, individual deductible plan. You know, so as you increase that, that's where the value of the plan reduces, if you will. So it's 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 pushing more of the dollars toward the member that they would be responsible for. I just want to make sure that that we're clear. So we're both looking at this sheet right here with yes. January first effective mm -hmm. date yep. um, for program option four and option six. I believe you said with four, that's gold potentially platinum, and six you felt was. Platinum for four and gold for six. Yeah, because you know with that the $500 deductible, it's it's $500, yes, but in the big scheme of things, you know, it's a it's a very small amount. Um, you know, so from the value standpoint of that, you're probably not going to see much of a reduction on the plan. Um, but when you start getting that higher out of pocket, <coughs> um, you know, because uh, option four is having the in-network, you know, 2,000 single, 4,000 family, you know, are you going to actually hit that with your deductibles and, you know, whatever the co-insurances uh, may be? It, it depends, you know, from each individual user. But, you know, with these plans here, um, I would say none of them are going to go below uh, the gold you know, possibly option seven might be a little bit in the high end of the silver, but you know, from that standpoint, these are all I would consider very, very high benefit plans. Thank you. And then just <coughs> other follow-up questions quickly here. What, so, what the state employees next year, effective next year, are really the closest thing we have on this chart here is option six. Is that correct? With those, where they'll six, be next six year, or where they are right now, what they have now. Okay. Six will change next year to add a five, I think a five hundred thousand dollar deductible, as well as push that maximum out of pocket quite a bit higher than mm -hmm. the five hundred thousand dollars, plus add higher copays. Would that still be considered gold? Would you probably? It, you know, you probably yeah, probably lower end gold. You know, getting into the silver. It depends what that maximum out of pocket you know is set. And my next just clarification here: if we look, look at Program option four mm -hmm. is that what? And this is for friends from HR, I guess, and, and for Dave. Is that what we were talking about in closed session at BOE? Right. I thought more or less identical. To, mm -hmm. Okay. 
And then uh, let me think, do I have any other questions? Oh, one last one is probably for you, Dave, because I know you, I'm sure, fondly follow Motion 999 from your previous uh, uh, um, career mm -hmm. across the street. That I remember reading in a summary of the Joint Finance Committee's Motion 999 that there was a uh, or one of the amendments related to, I th it sounds like, like something in Option 7. I think it was a... Yeah, to local gift status. Right, and I, th I think it was clarified further in the Senate version and now in what's been ultimately adopted that that only applied to City of Milwaukee. Um, These are the first class. Yeah, and that was a requirement, I think, to offer a high-deductible um, HRA-type plan or HSA-type plan. So, and so that wouldn't affect us no. and what the governor is considering now for the annual budget, and there were no other modifications there were. relating to this? No. 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 Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'll turn it over to Jody, and she'll talk to you about flex spending. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good, Good afternoon. Could, I'm sorry. Could I just ask what all are, do we have yet that we're planning on covering tonight? This is the last thing. This is the last thing. Okay. Thank you. And I should just be five minutes and then no, questions. No, that's fine. Thank you. So, um, just um, want to level set everybody on the flexible spending account. So I'm with TAS, Total Administrative Services Corporation. We're right over by the airport. And for the last couple of years, we've been handling the city's flexible spending account. Currently, we have about 25% of employees that are eligible to participate are participating. We have about 800,000 that employees are running through the program just on the medical portion, the out-of-pocket medical portion. So savings, I just estimated around, you know, at least 200000 in tax savings that the program that the city has in place is um, helping, you know, save the employees on that medical out-of-pocket cost. And just to uh, give an overview of what the flexible spending account is all about, is it Section 125 of the IRS code, and it allows employees to pre-tax out of their paycheck expenses for um, insurance premiums, right? So some of the programs that you guys have, the plans you have, employees do pay a portion of premium, out-of-pocket medical expenses, and then we won't get into um, daycare, uh, for example. So really with the flexible spending account, there's, there's two pros for employees. The first, of course, is that tax savings, right? So every dollar that they run through the program, they're not having to pay state, federal, or FICA taxes, right? So it could be anywhere from 25% all the way up to 40% on each dollar. You know, 25 cents on each dollar is saved by the employee uh, when they run the, the funds through through the program. And the second, which I certainly appreciate as um, an employee of TASC and being able to participate in the flexible spending account, is the ability to budget for expenses. And I think that's something that we don't always think about. We look at the tax savings. But, you know, in reality, with the medical out-of-pocket and how that works with the flexible spending account, I can pre-tax up to $2,500 out of my paycheck throughout the year, right? So a little bit comes out of every paycheck pre-tax. Throughout the year, I have my flexible spending account card, my tax card, which allows me to pay for my medical out-of-pocket expenses. So I'll just use myself as an example. My husband and I, we have uh, monthly prescriptions that we fill. runs around the range of $50 a month. Um, 
So I just go ahead and I use my card for that, right? It helps me budget for it instead of, you know, trying to scramble for the, the funds to, to do that. Uh, my husband, myself, and my daughter all wear glasses. So we get the uh, privilege of going and spending a couple hundred dollars on each of us uh, every year to pay for uh, vision expenses, et cetera. And, again, I can use the card for that. Or if uh, my husband is, uh, <laughs> if he is the one picking up the prescription or paying for the glasses, he usually forgets to use the card, and then I can either easily take a, a picture of my receipt on my mobile phone. I can fax in my receipt or I can go online and you know request reimbursement and get those funds um, reimbursed to me that I've, I've paid out of pocket. And then the big one is that uh, we have a, a larger deductible. So I know you guys are talking about the 500 and the, the 1,000. You know, we have a, um, a $2,500 uh, family deductible plus coinsurance as well. So when we get outside of the, the preventative, right, or the, the vaccinations for the kids, we do have that out-of-pocket medical expense. And me knowing that um, I'm going to be spending that $2,500 each year allows me to make you know that that decision pretty easily now one of the things you may have heard in regards to the flexible spending account is the use it or lose it right if you don't use all of the money by the end of the plan year you'll lose it and it really makes people hesitant and it certainly would right if you don't know for sure what your medical expenses are going to be well the city has um, implemented just in the last couple of years a grace period so if you're one of those employees who at the end of the year, which is um, December 31st, you come about and you find that you have money left in your account, just forgot about it, forgot to use your card like my husband does, um, you do have an additional time frame to incur expenses and then tap into that money that you left in the old plan year. So it's two and a half months. So you really have through uh, March 15th to incur expenses and then use the money that you left in the program before. Then you have another um, two weeks to go ahead and, and gain reimbursement for any of those expenses. And when do employees need to make the decision and how much they're going to have taken? Yeah, it's during open enrollment period. Which is when? So that's in October. Do we do open enrollment? We do period? open enrollment for health and dental um, beginning in early October. And usually flex spending starts the last week of that open enrollment and runs right up until the Friday before Thanksgiving. And, you know, one of the, the uh, when I do employee meetings, and, and Greg has mentioned um, that the mayor would like to do more uh, meetings for the employees to help educate them, one of the things I, I really talk about is, you know, this does move you <coughs> towards being a consumer. Right, you have to be thinking about what you're going to be spending on your medical expenses in order to make a sound uh, decision on what you do put through uh, the, the flexible spending account. So it is something that you do need to invest. You do need to spend a little bit of time. Right? What are the prescriptions that I've spent over you know the last six months to get an idea? What about um, we have copays or um, you know the vision expenses, et cetera. We do have to do a little bit of research if you're not going to get you know over that maximum, sure. like my family and I do. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Any questions on the flexible spending account? I have a few questions, Jody, if you don't Please, mind. Absolutely. Um, I guess first of all, just speaking of open enrollment, if and I guess this actually wasn't for you, but I do have some questions for you, Jody. If we um, make modifications to the health plan for some or all of our employees, is it? do we have the opportunity to uh, accommodate 
any changes by um, being flexible in the flexible spending and open enrollment. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like, if I'll just I don't know if like we should, I know we shouldn't talk. Oh, about I know it, I know I think I know what the question you're asking. You know, we were talking about local 695, and I won't say anything more about them. But if whenever they we all settle on a new contract for them, if we make any health changes to their in their contract and their agreement. The, the their their agreement should be coming to council sometime this month, I would think. Um, the open enrollment is set by the state for health. Uh, we run our dental with the open enrollment with our health just That's for convenience. Delta, Delta Dental. Yeah, Delta Dental just for convenience. We are flexible with the with the flex spending. We can have open enrollment on flex spending anytime. That was my question. So we the internal revenue code is silent on when open enrollment is. And some employers it's for a tax year though, so you have to. So you, you won't start a you won't start any sort of health insurance changes until the beginning of a calendar year. And but you know you can't reset. I think what your amounts are during the year. Right. So that's for my question. Just put a different way. I look at this decision as a budget decision, but the budget won't be approved until. December. But it's actually a decision you'll have. If you decide to change the ETF plan option, that has to occur in September. Exactly. That's yeah, okay. All this last year. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't looking at it that way, that this would be so soon. Yeah. yeah. That right. makes perfect sense why it would need to be. I think the Alder Revere's question if, if we want, I think we could run a two-month open enrollment for flex spending if we wanted to. We could run it concurrently with health and run it a month after that if we wanted to. Up until New Year's Eve, or is that? Well, well we could, but we'd have employees upset they didn't have their cards or the accounts weren't set up. I mean, I usually say if we can get everything in, you know, by the, um, and we're right up to that point, right, by December uh, 1st is usually when we're working with the city to collect all the enrollments, get all the accounts set up, get everybody their cards so they have that ready January 1st. If they yeah, we, we give yeah, them the information. for saying New Year's Eve, I guess. We give them the information on December 1st, and then they start notifying employees about December 15th. Mm-hmm. And I think where we are with in regards to flex spending, um, we really want to do a better job of educating our employees in regards to some of the benefits of participating in that program. And that's, you know, whether or not we make a change to our plan we definitely want to do a better job. I think you, where we're at, 25% right. of folks will take advantage of that, of those savings. And we, I think you said it was average maybe 30 35%. 35%. Mm-hmm. Like if we can really get those numbers to jump, that would, you know. That was one of my, one of those, one of my questions, actually, Harper, was for any of you, or for Jody or all of you, is why do we think that our participation rate is so low? And I was going to ask you, Jody, compared to your other clients, is is are we considered low or are we average? Yeah, it is lower. I will tell you that, and I think it has to do a lot with um, education and fully understanding all the changes that have come about. Right, we've made the changes, or I should say, the the government's made the changes um, for you know not having to use it or lose it any longer. They have um, increased to next year. Here we'll be at uh, two thousand five hundred and fifty dollars in the um, maximum, so a little bit more. It could be they might even raise it a little bit more that we can have in the maximum. And I right think now it's, it's just 
for next right year now it's for next year it'll be twenty five fifty or potentially a little bit more if we can um, get anything passed before them for an increase. And that's just health care. That is just the medical child care. Which we are talking about tonight, but child care is not part of that. Right, exactly. Child care separately at five thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think another reason that it's been the participation has been lower. Is because in option two, there's there's literally almost no out-of-pocket costs. Right. right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's just prescription copay, really. It's basically prescription copays. Eyeglasses or something. Dental procedures people will flex for um, in vision. By the way, what is the average prescription copay? I mean, you can use your personal examples for yourselves, but what is the pres- Is that one of our many attachments? 5, 15, and 35. Yeah. Are the for generic. So generic is only $5? $5. Oh, is that for every HMO in our plan. Yeah, so that's a uniform benefit. Oh, it's a uniform benefit. Okay. And then my other question, uh, actually a couple of things. In terms of the the percentage, just correct me on dental. There are not dental benefits under our health plan, correct? So we that's why we offer this Delta Dental plan for our employees. Correct. And am I correct that every penny of the, does the city contribute to our dental? No. So employees pay 100% of their dental premium, and that's 100% eligible for... Automatically pre-tax, right? Any of the premiums that they pay are automatically pre-tax, and they don't have to do reimbursements or anything of that sort. It's just um, a a formality on the paycheck. Oh, so so you don't even have to give Delta Dental your... It's like, it's like you. the contribution you might make for the health insurance premium mm-hmm. is treated the same way through payroll. But then how does it? Oh, it is pre-tax automatic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then, if you have expenses, that's when you'd want to submit those expenses to task, and that's when you can take advantage of those savings. About what percentage of your employees take advantage of dental? Do you think? Do you know? It's a lot higher than twenty-five percent, or no? <laughs> no. Oh, it uh, isn't. Now you're now you're t- you're, you're uh, I got to think for a minute because <laughs> I wasn't coming to talk about dental. Generally um, speaking, dental insurance is pretty expensive compared to what people use. So, so in my experience in a past life, that we didn't have good um, percentages of people taking dental insurance either. The way Delta works, there are caps in regards to the limits. So depending on what you have going on, I know a lot of folks will find more savings than just flexing that money, depending on what they need. Um, I, I believe GHC actually offers the benefit of preventative care, so some of that's or probably why employees. Yes, that's probably why some of our employers took that option. Um, no, it's just GHC that's offering that, yeah. And you're starting to see um, the state this year is separating, next, next year is separating and having a standalone dental benefit from health because of the ACA and the excise or Cadillac tax limits. <coughs> They want to get it out of that premium cost to keep the medical premium down. I'm sorry if I'm going asking too many questions here, but I guess for, for you folks, not for Jody, in terms of our policy today, which of our employees are, are eligible for flex spending? Is it pretty much every city employee? Because, it might, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't, there's really no cost to the city. Our, mm-hmm. and our, our administrative costs are presumed. There, there, I can very get, I can get you that information shortly. If, if give me a couple minutes, I can. I've, I have that somewhere here in terms of even percentage. I would like to know why wouldn't everyone be eligible for this? 
I think everyone is eligible to yes. participate. Okay, thank yeah. you. I think if you're they decide to participate, or so not. even like seasonals part time would be eligible because it really is no cost to the employer. Seasonals and part, I think seasonals most likely not because your health eligibility is determined by your WRS eligibility. And so once you hit 600 hours or something I think like that, that prohibits you, though, from treating your health care expenditures as, pre, you know, through the... Through we, let's spending. use a slowly alders as an example. I assume you could sign up okay. as well. Never even occurred to me. I mean, we get Greg's all-employee emails. And yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with your eligibility for health insurance or retirement. So if you have costs and you know, you're basically through your employer... Right. Same with Delta, then. I'm sorry, I'm, talking, I'm obsessed with dental all of a sudden just because I was trying, thinking that all dental would be covered, correct, by, by your plan. Except for cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you so because to, you could choose not to go with insurance and you could put in enough money or up to the maximum and decide to pay the procedures directly and it would be pre tax. Okay. So, you just because it have doesn't that cost. insurance benefit, though, if there was a significant cost. Does. Right. So, so because it doesn't really cost us anything or we aren't tied to WRS eligibility rules, all employees would be eligible for the task or flexible. It's considered our plan. It's our plan. Yeah. And there, so with Delta then, so like every C employee could take advantage of Delta because it's no cost to them. Right. Their task is our vendor, but we are technically the plan administrator. So we as an employer, we as an overall employer, are covering the tasks administrative costs. Right. It's actually a cost in the supplemental benefits we pay for the contract. It's bid out and. I have a question. So, looking at an average employee, okay, because that's kind of what we need to do, I guess. So, as an average employee. That what you're proposing of 500 and 1,000, what would that actually cost them if they used the flexible spending to its? Yeah, I mean, you can look at a 25, <laughs> probably about a 20 to be safe. Mm-hmm. I'd say a 25% uh, savings if they ran it through the plan. Okay. So it kind of give it perspective. The single deductible at five, the five hundred dollar deductible would co- really cost them about three fifty in real dollars, right. and the thousand would really cost them about seven fifty in real dollars. Remember, you've talked about that in closed session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this document here does give a nice overview. Um, it does bring in though um, dependent care expenses, which I know we're not talking about, right? Any other questions for Jody? Absolutely. Do you have any additional questions? I'm just going to go back to um, a question that I posed earlier. And um, if we're having trouble competing, you know, um, I'm assuming with offering enough wage, and you're saying because we're spending more on medical or um, benefits. And I guess I'm surprised that we haven't done some sort of a study on what total compensation is with the city of Madison versus the private sector that we're competing with. So, I mean, that would go to vacation, insurance. I mean, it's everything, right? Um, and 
So you, we, we don't do that as the we've city? Done, we've done, like, salary studies for specific compensation groups like division heads. Uh, but that's salary. Diff- yeah, and we'll take in consideration also benefits. Um, we have done compensation studies, um, and, but for the most part what we usually do is we compare ourselves to other municipalities um, as far as, like, the private sector, how we stack up what, what we're talking about more or less. There are some positions that we do have that we have it, we have trouble with our recruitment because we'll have people apply, they'll compete, and they'll actually get offers, but they'll actually position that with their current employers because it's, they can offer better packages. Um, with some of those, you know, formerly represented positions, it's already been negotiated in regards to the steps that they'll come in at, and they can't, you know, we can't really offer any much, any more than what was posted. Sure. So depending on the position, while with that being said, we have other positions. You're talking about those employees. You're talking about... Those are the positions that we're talking about. For the most part, um, we do have a few classifications that it's, it's di- we have a difficult time filling. Um, I, I believe some of the IT positions IT, are the same way. Um, uh, finance, accounting positions, if, uh, those are very competitive positions and, you know, are probably in terms of, particularly with the private sector, and um, it's difficult for us to compete on wage. Um, and, and I think the total <coughs> compensation package is, is not quite enough either. So I think sort of getting back to, you know, the more you're putting into benefit increases, um, you know, the less sort of flexibility you have on the wage side. So, but those are, but the state faces the same. And that, those are real concerns. Like I've spent years working in recruitment. And I think part of it is that that's the reality of it. This is where we are. And it is nice to sell the fact that we have these exceptional benefit packages, and it's actually somewhat uncomfortable. I mean, I'm a city employee. We're all city employees. Ideally, you all are the decision makers in regards to that budget. I would like to maintain what we have and you to still give me a wage increase. But at the same time, we have to be cognizant of regards to, you know, changes in health care, the rising costs. And, you know, if this is, you know, if we are able to make changes now, which potentially could lead to some of the wage increases, I, you know, it's our job to give you that information so that you have it so that you can make a Absolutely. good decision and I think that's kind of where we are um, with where my question came from is where my husband has, is working and has previously worked and where I previously worked too the companies went through um, for this very reason um, an exhaustive I thought like wow boy they're putting everything in here um, uh, list of everything that that company was spending in our behalf. And so it was even um, cost of a fitness center because there was a fitness center. So if you had to purchase a fitness center, average, right, because that was something that was there for your use. So, I mean, and they did this for the same reasons because they wanted to be able to not, not only for us, right, but for recruiting that they could lay out and say, this is the benefits that you have for coming to work here. Mm-hmm. This is your total compensation package. And it was, I thought, I thought it was helpful. So that's why I rose the question. And we are mindful. And I think it's also along the same lines. Like I say, I've done quite a bit of recruitment. And, you know, where we may fall short in some of the wages, yeah. um, we look at, you know, I'm here, it's almost 6 o'clock or so. But for the most part, a lot of our employees are leaving around 4.30, 4 o'clock. Or, you know, the demands of our position, sometimes we can shut it off. I mean, there are just different things that we try to take in consideration yeah. when we promote our opportunities. And, but we are very well aware that, you know, it's not helping to, you know, to take a step back at some of our benefits. And hopefully, 
we'll be able to take a step forward in some of our wages. This has been very helpful. Thank you very much. Um, Can I ask two? Yeah, I absolutely. Know, I didn't think this would go this long. Can I ask two quick process questions? Number one, we went through this last year. Of course, it was kind of at the 11th hour, and there was a lot of criticism from employee groups that there wasn't true consultation. The leadership of 311 has been here the whole, this whole session, and I know Local 6000 uh, was aware of these sessions for alders. Is, is there a separate process that we, that's also going on where where we're trying to, as your educated holders, are we also talking to our um, existing bargaining organizations? The um, uh, local six, local six thousand, local two thirty six, the the former represented folks that are now the associations. We have been meeting with them on health care from the beginning of the year forward, and been talking to them. Uh, I think we've had about six meetings with them. Fire, we start bargaining next week. Um, we are technically legally prohibited from bar bargaining uh, health care changes with them because of Act 32. I've talked to Patty Lawton about uh, can we have them in the room when we talk about health care changes with the associations or should we keep it to a meet and confer separate? She still is getting back to me on that issue. And then my Thank you. That's very helpful. And then my last question. Uh, I should have asked it first since President DeMarb had to um, just take leave. But the two alders that were remaining, of course, are the two alders on the Committee on Employee, the new Committee on Employee Relations. Is is health insurance and just generally benefits for my, for my benefit? Greg, are these issues that would be discussed at the new Committee on Employee Relations, even though, of course, this is clearly a huge budget? issue for the Board of Estimates and the entire council. Yes. Can you explain what the role, if any, of the Committee on Employee Relations will have? In yeah. Well, uh, the way that the committee was set up was that it would act as uh, anything that would have a financial impact would come to it. So wages, benefits, premium changes, any of those items would come. So it will get introduced at council, and the council will refer it to the ERC. ERC will hear it and then make a recommendation one way or the other. And then I think Patty told me it goes back to, I think it goes to the BOE at that point and then back to council for final disposition. Okay. So, uh, Denise sent us the meeting notice for meeting next week. Correct. I haven't looked at it yet. This issue isn't on that agenda, I take it then? This issue is not on the agenda. Okay. Thank you. That clarifies everything. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you. Well, thank you all for coming, and thank you, Jerry. Any questions? Thanks, Jody. Jody for, Thanks, Jerry. For making time for us again this evening. See you next week. Good. <laughs> apologies for peppering you with so many questions. Okay. No, it's good. I, I, it's good. Thank you. How long did the first second?